Welcome listeners to Sleep, Eat, Perform and Repeat. This is a podcast on high performance. It will be presented by myself, David Clancy, and my two co-hosts, Connor Gavin and Kieran Dunn. What we're striving to achieve here is figure out what makes high-performing individuals tick, why they do what they do, and why are they successful. Rate and review, share with your friends, but most importantly, enjoy. Welcome listeners to another episode of Sleepy Perform Repeat. Today we spoke to Bobby Maximus, Maximus Body best-selling author, UFC vet, men's health magazine writer, jiu-jitsu martial artist world master champ, and overall a huge inspiration for me, David, personally. Listen to Bobby share about how much he gets from leading by example and providing for his family by building his brand, by being the fittest he can possibly be. He wants to help others and really feels exercise is the key. Bobby talks about his time audit and how you have 168 hours in a week. Choose how you want to spend it and do what's important to you. There is so much to take away from this episode, from key themes such as recovery, motivation, mindset, and work ethic. Anyone fancy doing the Holy Trinity training session that Bobby challenged us to? I have already got my son working on the exercise that Bobby recommended my two-year-old Michael should be able to do also. We purposefully chose not to edit this episode with Bobby's son in the background. This was and is real life. He's wise beyond his years. There was a great story about self-limiting behaviours. Make sure to rewind that part and listen to it again. It's special. To wrap up, I'm so proud that Bobby is a Munster Rugby fan. If you'd like more information on this episode or any of our others, check out our website at www.sleepyperformrepeat.com. Please subscribe, share, rate and review. But most importantly, listen and enjoy. Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat. This evening we are speaking with Bobby Maximus. So, David, uh, I'm going to hand over to you to give an introduction. Bobby, thanks a lot for coming on today. Bobby is the author of Maximus Body, a men's health book that I have myself. He actually sent over to me a couple of years ago. He's a UFC veteran, having competed in the Octagon. And he's also a men's health writer. He also has his own gym where he works out and trains himself. Seems to be someone that's quite fond of red meat, deadlifting, and pretty heavy mass gains training. So myself and Connor are looking forward to speaking to you today. Bobby, how's life? What's going on in your world? Hey, I am uh, great. First of all, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm honored that you would uh, make time for me. And I'm ready to talk about some things that may be pertinent to your podcast. So I'd like you to talk to me about a quote I read on Instagram recently when you said, rather than staying on the bus, how have you managed to drive the bus as you've gotten a little bit older? Just tell us about that. You know, I I, I think the biggest thing with that is when I was younger, I believed, I mean, I had a heartfelt belief that hard work would solve anything. And while I still maintain that belief, I now realize that working smart is as important as working hard. Because to a certain degree, you can't just keep running into a wall head first over and over and over again. And I think you see this in professional sports a lot. I know rugby's really big in Ireland. That when a player is 20 or 22 years old, 
They may be physically gifted, but they're just not savvy enough in terms of the sport. Usually you see people hit their peak a little later in age because you want to be experienced and weathered and you learn. I think that you can be as strong as you want, as fast as you want, as tough as you want, so to speak, but nothing can really replace that brain power. And so by really starting to use my brain and think in addition to using my body, I think I've improved as times went on instead of becoming broken down, if that makes sense. And that's how you manage to train every damn day. That's right. You're doing it smart. Like, I pay attention to sleep. I pay attention to recovery. I actually plan my workouts with some forethought rather than just going into the gym to get smashed. Um, and, And by paying attention to nutrition, recovery and stress, training programs, those things across the board, like I said, I've, I've, I've managed to improve, whereas a lot of my contemporaries have fallen off. Perfect. So, Bobby, David mentions there about uh, every damn day. I know that's one of your kind of core core beliefs. You've also got conquer in terms of going through objects rather than around them and, and train the brain. So there's a lot of a lot of mindset stuff in there. I, I was doing a bit of background reading on you in, in prep for this evening, and I was read a very interesting article that you that you wrote about this idea of 130 hours and how that's kind of roughly what you think it takes to get fit uh reasonably fit is that from a physical point of view or is that from a mental point of view at what stage in those 130 hours do you become mentally robust or do you kind of do you train the brain do you reach brain fitness yeah they're they're two different things but i think they're related The 130-hour rule is based on something I came up with in 2001. I was training people in a big box gym, uh, something like a 24-7 fitness, uh, an Equinox. I think Gym Box is a big brand in England. I'm not sure if they're over in Ireland yet. But one one of these bigger gyms, if you can imagine. And someone asked me how long it would take to get somebody fit. And my answer was five days a week for six months. Okay. And their jaw kind of dropped because that sounds like a long time and a lot of effort. And I explained to the person that you're not going to get this in three weeks. You're not going to get it in six weeks. Like if you really want to be fit, you have to work at it. And I still believe that even six months, five days a week, you're just tipping your foot in the water. You're not diving in head first. And so what that equates to is 130 quality hours. The reason I came up with the 130 rule or 130 hour rule is because it sounds more palatable. So if I said to you, David and Connor, it's going to take six months of every damn day, you don't like that answer. That sounds like it's too far down the road. If I say 130 hours, they're like, well, I can do 130 hours. That's no problem. So it's a bit of a psychological trick, if you will. When it comes to psychological training, I think you can get psychologically strong in six months, but that is also an extremely multifaceted issue. And what I would like to talk about maybe a little bit is a person who grew up in an abusive family. You grew up in an abusive family for 20 years of your life. Do you think you're going to overwrite 20 years of bad programming in six months? Hmm. The answer is probably no. I I, I feel at that point you've got a lifelong struggle ahead of you. So with the mental side of things, can you improve your self-confidence in six months or 130 hours? Yes. Can you improve your positive self-talk? Yes. Can you be better at goal setting? Yes. Can you be better at dealing with self-imposed limitations? Yes. 
I don't know if you can undertake an entire psychological overhaul in just 130 hours or six months, depending what the pre-existing conditions were. Okay, perfect. Very good. Um, Bobby, a lot for us to digest there. It's very interesting. Tell us a little bit about, I was asked a question today when I was in the gym about, David, what do you do on your light days when you want to recover? You talked about the importance of recovery in order to maintain the ability to lift and push yourself and maybe smash yourself on, on other days. So what, what are your go-to recovery strategies? Okay, so there's one overarching uh, strategy. Uh, I kind of put recovery into two different strategies, or, or not two different strategies, two different categories, if you will. Okay. One, there's what I call blanket recovery. And that is uh, furnished by eight hours to nine hours of sleep a night, cryotherapy using a hyperbaric chamber, uh, maybe an IV nutrition drip, uh, Normatec recovery boots. I think you guys have another brand over there, though. Normatec isn't as big yeah, yeah. Uh, as another brand that a bunch of my friends have. I can't remember what they're called, but the air compression boots, a sauna really helps, cold plunges, things that put money back into the bank. That's the single best way to recover. If you're going to spend money, so to speak, by working out, you've got to put money back in the bank account with these activities. Hmm. When it comes to the other category of what I call recovery, I'd, I'd rather call it active rest, and that's doing something in the gym to get yourself uh, better, to improve yourself without beating yourself down. I do believe the answer is training every single day, but you can't go hard every single day. And so my strategy there is not to go easy in the gym. It's to do something that's going to cause no further harm, but still get me closer to my goal. Because getting one step closer to my goal is better than nothing. If I can get two steps closer versus one step, that's even better. We live in a society where people are looking, I think, for the most bang for their buck. And it's just not going to be like that every day. Not every day. It's going to be a PR or a personal best or the best thing that you've ever done. Sometimes you got to settle for these small victories. To give you an example, just this morning, I deadlifted 685 pounds. My old PR was 680. It's only a five-pound difference. It's a fraction of a percent at that weight, but at least I'm still moving in the right direction. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. And listen, a lot of people, a lot of people aren't happy with a five-pound PR. If I could put five pounds every week on that deadlift, by the end of the year, I'll be at nine hundred pounds. So I've got two choices now: I could beat myself up that it's not a good PR, or I could be psyched that I got five pounds. So that is my my, I guess, recovery philosophy: is what can I do today that's going to get me closer to my goal and make me better. So, so what is your goal? If you're in the octagon, it's clear that you, you want to knock some out or submit him and win that fight. What, what is your goal, Bobby, at the moment? What's motivating you to go in and hit some big numbers there in a deadlift? Uh, you know, I'll be very honest with you guys. The paycheck, right? Um, I'm a fitness influencer. I teach people. I write books. Uh, I write for men's health on a regular basis. For me to sell my brand, for me to be successful, I believe that being as fit as I humanly can be is an important part of the brand of Bobby Maximus. Further to that, though, 
my brand just isn't just about making money. I really and genuinely want to help other people. Exercise has changed my life. It's changed the lives of numerous people that I have worked with. And I wish everybody could experience that. Part of getting people on board with my philosophy and believing in what I do is leading by example and, and showing people what a human is capable of under the right circumstances. And so that is the, the second part. And, and because of those two motivating factors, I mean, putting food in your kid's mouth is rather motivating. Yeah. Um, providing for my, my, my wife is, is, is motivating. So, you know, the, the, the monetary, uh, I guess, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? The monetary incentive is there. But then also the desire to really help people, that's also there. So you'll rarely find a day that I'm not motivated. Perfect. So, Bobby, one of the, the big reasons we started this podcast was to speak to people like yourself and kind of get ideas on what what high performance is all about. And you mentioned there about things like recovery and the importance of that. And that's a message we definitely try and hammer home to, say, our listeners and our, say, any of the patients or clients that we see here in, in Dublin. Um, <clears throat> but one of the obstacles we come up against a bit is um, people don't feel that they have the time to add in these little extra bits to their routine. So could you talk to the listeners about your idea of the time audit, what you do with your clients? Because I read about that and I thought it was a great idea to, to kind of try and instill these habits with people. Yeah, for sure. And, and I want to I wanna talk about a little bit more than exercise in this case. Because not having time is just a bullshit excuse that's used in every walk of life. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, if someone, uh, their relationship is suffering, it's because they don't have enough time. If they're not doing good in school, it's because they don't have enough time. If they don't want to undertake an exercise program, it's because they don't have enough time. Time's the first thing people always point to because it's an easy excuse, it's a convenient excuse, and everyone seems to just accept it. The truth is you have time for whatever's important to you. There's 168 hours in a week. And so what I do with people, whether it's corporate consulting, business consulting, or exercise consulting, when they tell me they don't have time, I do a time audit. There's 168 hours in a week. I tell people they're going to sleep eight hours a night. Most people at that point will interject and say, I don't have time to sleep eight hours a night, proving my point. But I tell them, you're going to go with eight hours of sleep a night because that's what I believe you need. Eight hours times seven nights a week is 56 hours. You still have 112 hours left in the week. Uh, David, you work as a, as a physiotherapist, is that correct? Correct, yeah. How many hours a week do you work? 40. 40. Yeah. I'm actually going to give you 50 because I'm going to build in your commuting time and overtime you might have. Does that sound fair? Yeah, yeah, that sounds reasonable. Probably more so, accurate, actually. So 100, pardon? That's probably a bit more accurate anyway, taking into account travel and admin and stuff. Yeah, that's 50 is good. Okay, so you know what? You, you know what? I'll give you 60. All right. So we'll 100, 112 minus 60, you have 62 hours left. And you're going to tell me you don't have time for stuff? My question is, what the hell are you doing with those other 62 hours? Watching Netflix, I guess. <laughs> well, watching Netflix, Facebook, Instagram. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but exactly. 62 hours, you have time, as far as I'm concerned, for another full-time job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to just give you an example, my Amen. little guy, you probably heard him talking and banging around in the background. Uh, we don't put our kids in daycare because we spend a lot of time with them. So... 
as a person that works out twice a day, runs a gym, does podcasts, and, and you know, frankly, I put in a lot of hours in work. I'm not missing time with my kids. He hangs out with me. He works with me. We spend time together. I'm not going to be one of the dads that I don't have time for quality time with my kids. Yeah. Right? Yeah, or absolutely. I don't have time to go to the gym because I have kids. Well, why don't you bring your kids to the gym? Now, I always get the question from parents to say, well, do you think he has fun being at the gym or listening to you do podcasts? Do you guys think my son could benefit from being around positive talk like we're engaging in now? I think so, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, hell yeah. Right? Do you think he could did you grow up with a positive role model that his dad works out all the time? Yes, because it's important, I think, for kids to be healthy. And so it's funny. He's only two and a half, but he's been exposed to this world. My 10-year-old could sub in for me on this podcast and give you the same answers I'm giving I really like that, Bobby, because I, I see my son, and when I go home to him now later, he doesn't know that I was in the gym earlier for an hour and a half. He doesn't, he's, he's not even two, he's nearly two, but he, he doesn't know that I do that every day, like yourself, because he's not seeing me in the gym. He might see me play basketball occasionally, but you're absolutely right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Just the other day, we were at cryotherapy, and my son came with me, and uh, we were sitting in the, in the air compression boots before we went in for our cryo session. He's 10 years old. He wanted to try cryo. And there was a person there who was actually making excuses of why they weren't fit. And my 10-year-old looked him in the eye and said, why do you have this self-limiting behavior? Wow. <laughs> and the person looked like they saw a ghost. Wow. And then my son proceeded to lecture him and saying, you're, you're making excuses and you're being a self-limiter. If you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to accomplish anything. So I'm like, wow, somebody's been paying attention. <laughs> and this is just, I think it's a positive example to have your kids around that. And so you just heard him. He said hello. He wanted to say hi to all the listeners. He's excited <laughs> right now. And now he knows we're talking about him. But <laughs> I have him around and I'll do stuff with him. Um, so I, I make time and I've crafted a life. Rather than make excuses, I've crafted a life that we can we can all live together and spend quality time together. Perfect. So, Bobby, talk to us about hybrid fitness uh, as it kind of pertains to the military. I know you do a good bit of work with the military. So, for somebody who doesn't know what hybrid fitness is, could you give a, a quick explainer of it for us? Yeah, for sure. Hybrid fitness to me is combining the physical with the psychological aspects of training. Now, for a lot of people, fitness is not a life or death proposition. I mean, most people want to look better, feel better, maybe have a six-pack abs, get sick less than a year, but it's not life or death. For some people in the special operations military community, uh, and I believe you guys refer to your guys as the SAS, yeah. fitness can really be a life or death proposition. There are people who are, uh, we call it downrange, but serving in the Middle East, serving in different parts all over the world, where if they're not fit, they could die. And so for me, a fitness program aimed at these people needs to be more involved than just getting them to run faster or lift more weight. There needs to be some kind of training component that addresses the psychological aspects of training so that they can be more confident, they can believe in themselves, they can endure through, frankly, really shitty situations better. Uh, that's where the term hybrid fitness comes together. So it becomes more than just a simple training program, if you will. It's something to harden the body and the mind. Tell us a little bit, Bobby, now about how you 
have built the community from the ground up there and how you've got so many people, I suppose, buying into your philosophy and, and your mindset and, and what you're doing each and every day? You know, I, the biggest thing is I keep it real. You know, you guys, you guys heard earlier in the podcast, my kid talking, that's real life, guys. Yeah. Like everyone has this imaginary idea that when they look at Instagram or they look in, there's no sword, buddy. I'm sorry. We'll play with your toys. Okay. That'll be done in a minute. But there's a real example. Like just my son interrupting this podcast. This is the real world. Like David, your job isn't glamorous all the time. Yeah. It isn't fun all the time. There's probably days you want to quit. Connor, you go through the same stuff. There are days your kid gets sick. There's days your wife doesn't feel well. There's days you don't feel well. And I feel that what we are victims are uh, of is this world of perfection where you follow somebody else on Instagram and you think everything's great and perfect. It's not, guys. Everyone struggles. Everyone deals with the same stuff. And so I built my community by just being honest about how I live and showing my life. I fail like everybody else. I struggle like everybody else. I deal with temptation just like everybody else. It's kind of the thing with the rugby player. You guys are big rugby fans, right? Well, well, I was actually going to ask you why, do you, why did I see you in a Munster jacket? And Because I know you're a Munster fan, so that would be close to home for me. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say... If you like Leinster, we're going to end this phone call. <laughs> I'm glad that you're a you're a. I'm a Limerick. I'm a Limerick. Fellow. I'm a Limerick man. Yeah. Okay. I was quite. I, I go was quite happy that Leinster. Um, uh, 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 didn't they beat Saracens, or was it the other way around? O- other way around. Other way around. Saracens won. The other way around. All right. Now, now explain to me something here. This is off the topic, but would you rather see an Irish team win? Or Leinster lose, if you know what I mean. Hard for me, hard for me to answer, considering the audience there. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go Irish team win. I'll text you after. I'll, I'll take the moral high ground All here, right. Bobby, yeah. as a Leinster man, and say I'd, I'd be happy to see any Irish team win. Fair enough. I. Uh, it's funny when I posted the picture of the Munster jacket. I, I I got some love from the people on Instagram, and I got some hatred as well from the people on Instagram. But I bring up rugby because you can some of these rugby players on the field running fast making tackles looking great giving great post-game interviews what you don't see is the next day when they're struggling to get out of bed yeah yeah you don't see the bumps and the bruises you don't see the pain you don't see the four hours of practice a day you don't see these people when they're 50 years old do you know what a 50 year old professional rugby player is like they're broken battered because that's what it takes to play the sport. Yeah. And so one of the things that I like to do is is get behind the curtain a little bit, and it's not just all glamour. It's not just podcasts and free stuff and traveling the world. Like There's real sacrifices people make, and I think that if people know that it's real, they're more likely to get on board and follow. Yeah, perfect. So this is, this is I, I kind of have the thing, if this is who I am, this is what I do. There's actually an interesting thing where there was a, a woman who was a prominent vegan uh, who had this YouTube channel with millions of followers. She was actually caught eating meat at a restaurant. <laughs> right. Oh, that, that, that to me is, is very disingenuous. Like it ruins your brand. It ruins your platform. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I have kids. I, 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 
watch them a lot of the day and they're in the gym with me. So I take pictures of the kids in the gym with me because that's my life. Like Not everything's a photo shoot. Yeah. I like it, Bobby. But more, more real, more real. So, Bobby, I've got uh, three kind of quick fire questions for you. That they're ones we ask everyone who come on here. So hopefully they'll help our listeners get a bit more insight into to who is kind of Bobby Maxwell and his beliefs. Um, how would you define high performance? What does that term mean to you? Uh, high performance is uh, are you accomplishing your goal or not accomplishing your goal? It has nothing to do with how much weight you lift, how fast you run, or how shredded or jacked your body looks. It's simply are you accomplishing your goal, yes or no? And if you're accomplishing your goal, you're performing at a high level. If you're not accomplishing your goal, you're not. Okay, perfect. And let's just say we have a scenario where you're not accomplishing your goal. So you go to get a personal best on your deadlift this morning and you're five pounds short instead of five pounds over. How do you deal with the, the mental frustration of that? Or how, do you have any techniques that you might use to quickly reset yourself or regain your edge kind of when you need to do it so quickly? There's two things. The number one answer is try harder. Most people fail because they don't try hard enough. That means work out harder, get more sleep, pay more attention to recovery, but try harder. The second answer, though, and the more realistic answer is let it go. Everyone has bad days. We talked about Munster. Is Munster undefeated in the history of rugby? No. <laughs> no they've lost games. Has Munster ever had a bad game? Yes, they have. Your favorite rugby player, I don't know who it is. Peter O'Mahony. Have they ever had a bad game? Yeah, he has. The answer, yeah, the answer is yes. Everyone's had a bad game. So everyone in the world has had a bad result. Let it go. You're not special. You're not unique. Just try to work harder and forget about it. Very good. And then uh, lastly for me, Bobby, what would you say your big three are in life at the moment in your, whether that's your, your, your personal life or professional? What, is there any three things that you're really focusing on or three things that really define you? Yeah, the, the biggest thing is I want to inspire as many people as possible. That's hands down number one. I am very grateful for the life I live. I'm extremely grateful that, you know, for a kid from a small town in Canada, it's pretty damn cool that a couple of guys from Ireland want to interview me. Yeah. Like that's special to me. And, and it means a lot to me, guys, so thank you. But that kind of thing, I realize how grateful I am, and it's all because of exercise and the hard work I put in. And I wish everyone could experience that. I wish everybody could experience that joy. I'm like a little kid with this stuff. Every day I am just thrilled to be doing what I'm doing. So I want to inspire as many people as possible. Uh, number two, I want to push my limits. I want to see how long I can drive the bus, so to speak. I want to be that 50-year-old that's the fifth 50-year-old on the planet. And I want to be better at 50 than I am at 40. And the third thing is I want to serve as a good role model in my kids. Uh, I want to build a better generation of humans. I, I think as, as, as parents that we failed our kids to a certain degree, we've set a lot of kids up for a lot of failure, and I want to do better than that. And, and, and raise two children, three children now, because my wife has one on the way, but raise three kids that treat people better, that lead by example, that are kinder to people. Those are my three goals. Brilliant, brilliant. Bobby, I, I want to ask you a couple of questions, then we're going to wrap up, my friend. Tell, tell us today, if, if we're going to the gym tomorrow, what's, what's the maximus workout of the day that we should try to do? The Holy Trinity. It's the 
greatest workout known to man. It's 30 minutes of as many push-ups, pull-ups, and dips as you can do. You can do them in any order, any kind of stretch stru- set structure. It's just by the end of 30 minutes, you have to have as many reps as humanly possible. Mm. I did this yesterday. I got 159 pull-ups. Those are chest-to-bar dead hand pull-ups, by the way. I got 229 dips and 152 push-ups. Hmm. So, try that out tomorrow. Uh, okay. It's, it's one of the best workouts you'll ever have. If you could teach my kid, who's two, three little exercises, what would they be? Number one would be running. A lot of people are shocked to hear me say that because I don't like running that much, but it's the most natural training movement. So if he grows up to play tennis, soccer, or, or as you guys call it, football, rugby, really anything, running's going to be important. Number two would be a push-up because I think that the body weight exercises are the most uh, important. And I think that building a strong upper body is going to be important for a lot of tasks in life. And the third is the burpee because it's incredibly hard and it can be done anywhere. And the last one from me before you wrap up, Bobby, what was your most recent Sunday sermon? I really like that. Just tell us your our Sunday sermon for us to tell our listeners. I do see Sunday sermons so much. Um, oh, I believe it was tell the truth or someone will tell it for you. Hmm. And a lot of people today lie about things. They tell themselves the way things ought to be or should be versus telling it how it like it really is. A lot of people lie to themselves. And if you're one of these people who lies to themselves or lies to others, at some point in life, it will be exposed. And so one of the most important things, I think, for psychological development is people need to learn to be honest. And and most importantly, with themselves, like I said, because the, the most dangerous person is the person that lies to themselves. Bobby Maximus from Dublin. Connor and myself would like to say thank you very much for coming on today, giving giving your time to us. You're an inspiration. You're an influencer. I've looked, I've looked to you over the last couple of years. You're a road model for your family and for many, many people around the world. So look, we are the North. Hope the Raptors can finish off the finals for you. And yes, now you're speaking my language. And and by the way, your guy, Rory McElroy, loves the Raptors. I don't know if you guys knew this. Rory Mack. We did. I did know that. So look, we'll try the Holy Trinity tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys very much.